Welcome to the Vacation Effect Podcast, where we discuss time and lifestyle hacks for the busy entrepreneur, helping you grow your business even faster by working less and having a lot more fun. Now, here's your host, Denise Gosnell. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode of the Vacation Effect Podcast. This is your host, Denise Gosnell. And today, I'm really excited to have Alexis Katz, a friend of mine that I've worked with over the years, as a guest on the show today. Alexis is a lawyer, entrepreneur, CEO, founder, and new economy personal finance expert. She founded two companies, one called New Law Business Model, that teaches lawyers how to serve families and business owners in ways that make a real difference in their lives. Her other company, called Eyes Wide Open, supports you in being your own best financial advisor with right-aligned decision-making around legal, insurance, financial, and tax matters. Alexis also works with private clients to support the highest and best use of their time, energy, attention, and money resources, so you can allocate your resources towards what really matters. Alexis most enjoys supporting families and bridging the gap between the generations with conversations around the highest and best use of family wealth. I'm so excited to have you here today, Alexis. Thanks for joining us. So great to be here, Denise. Yeah, I'm really excited to catch up with you today. And you've got a lot of great wisdom that I'm excited for you to be able to share with the listeners. You know, it's been interesting. You know, you and I have known each other for what, um, nine or 10 years now, I think. Yeah. Um, When when Eben Eben Pagan connected us when I was thinking about leaving the practice of law, being so unhappy with all that. But you gave me some great advice that I will forever be grateful for and helped me understand that I can be both a lawyer and an entrepreneur and um, have a, uh, created it, turn it into a way that actually serves my life. So, you know, I've moved on and done so many other things since then and other entrepreneurial efforts, but I'll always be a lawyer and that'll be a part of, of my life and my business. It's just a part-time part of it. Well, I, I, I absolutely love helping lawyers to love their lives and law practices. And you are certainly one who was able to take what I shared and, and run with it and create a life and, and law practice that really works for you. So I'm so happy about that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's been a fun journey. And watching you over the years as well, like I've watched you reinvent yourself three or four times. And I was wondering today if you'd be willing to share with us, you know, maybe a quick backstory of one of the most important parts of your history that has brought you to where you are today, like whatever you think is the most impactful for busy entrepreneurs that might help them? Yeah. Well, I would say that just to to summarize some of those big reinventions, I was constantly pursuing this external form of success and getting there. You know, I, I graduated first in my class from law school at Georgetown, went to work at one of the best law firms in the country, very quickly saw that I was not going to be able to have the life that I wanted being there. And that was really confusing for me because I was 28 years old. I was a mom. I had achieved everything that I was supposed to achieve with going to law school, getting a job at Big Law, six-figure paycheck, which I had never made that kind of money in my life, bought a house, and yet I wasn't happy. And I didn't know that there was really any alternative to doing that. And fortunately, around that time that that was all happening, I came across the world of coaching and this idea that I could hire a coach to help me figure out some answers to why I had pursued all of this success and and made it, and yet it wasn't fulfilling me. And the very first thing that that this coach started working with me on, which was actually quite confronting to me 
was she asked me, when was the last time that I got a pedicure? When was the last time that I exercised? When was the last time that I got my hair cut? When was the last time I went to the dentist? Oh, wow. And this was really shocking to me because I thought that I had hired her to help me love, you know, my work. And here she was asking me about my personal hygiene, which <laughs> by the way, at that time I had only gotten a pedicure on my wedding day. I, you know, never engaged in anything that could have been termed self-care because to me, in my mind as a mom and an associate at a law firm, I didn't have time for any of that. And I didn't think I had the money for any of that, even though I was making the six-figure paycheck. You know how it is when you're getting a paycheck. And even if it seems like a lot, by the end of the day, after taxes and insurance and the retirement plan and the mortgage and the kids, there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. And so I was very much in this mindset of, I don't have the time or the money to do any of these things that you're talking to me about. And by the way, I'm not paying you to talk to me about my personal hygiene. I'm paying you to talk to me about loving my work. And she said something to me that really set the course of my life and changed my entire way of thinking about how, what, I, what I would really need in order to love the work that I was doing. And she said to me, uh, Alexis, you are never going to love anything that you're doing if you're not taking care of yourself. And I, I didn't even know what she meant, honestly, at that point. I didn't have models for self-care growing up. And there were no, certainly no models of self-care in the legal world that I was in. And really, I had to take what she was saying on faith, which I did because I was paying her. And I figured, well... If I'm paying her, I might as well listen to her. And I started doing what she said. I went to the dentist. I got my hair cut. I started exercising. I got a pedicure. I know these things might seem so simple and, and silly in a way. At least they did to me at the time. But it actually really changed my life to start to learn what self-care meant to me. And I did things that I didn't previously think were possible. So for example, even though I was a mom with a, a young child at home, I was still breastfeeding. I was making an hour long commute, you know, through traffic each way. Certainly didn't think I had the time to exercise. I started waking up an hour earlier and went to the gym before I went into work. And the impact that this had on me was really interesting. So there was a, a, a really turning point day in my life where I was driving into the office and I'm in my little Volkswagen GTI and kind of marveling at the, the beauty of the, the sunrise coming up over the freeway. I was living in LA at the time. And all of a sudden, the car in front of me swerves. And I see right in, you know, as that car swerved, there's this huge roll of carpet in the middle of the road. And I had two choices in that split second. I could either hit the carpet or swerve around it like the car in front of me had. I made the decision to swerve and all of a sudden I'm spinning across the freeway. And I hear this voice in my head that says, turn into the spin, turn into the spin. And I, and I do. And I come to a screeching halt facing the wrong way. 
uh, on the highway up against the median and I get out of my car to see what kind of damage there was and I hear the voice again and it says get into the car and move now and I get back in the car and I move and literally seconds later, right where I had been standing, another car comes spinning across the freeway and hits the median head first. Wow. And that car would have hit me and killed me without question had I not listened to that voice in my head. And as I pulled away that morning, I realized that something had started to shift for me. See, I'd always had that voice in my head. But before that time, that, that voice had always been harassing me. It had been really mean to me. Why are you so stupid? What's wrong with you? Why can't you just fit in? You know, those sorts of, that sort of narrative had really driven me up until that point. And this was the first time that I had ever heard that voice in my head in a truly supportive way, where I realized that this voice in my head has always been talking to me. It has always been trying to help me, but I wasn't listening. And because I wasn't listening or didn't even really know how to listen, the only way it knew how to get my attention was with extreme negativity. And I recognize now that that's the roots of a, of a really negative mindset. I actually call it the craptastic mindset. And it's, it's really plagued me throughout my life, um, but also in some ways been in service to me, which I can talk more about. But that day, that mindset, that voice in my head, that narrative saved my life twice. It told me to turn into the spin, which I listened to. And it told me to get out of the way with that other car that was uh, going to come speeding across the highway and slam into the median. So when I, when I, and by the way, the person who uh, hit the median, she was okay as well. Her car was totaled. Mine was fine. And I was able to get to work that day. But getting to work that day, I realized that that voice was there to serve me and I could start to listen to it in a different way. And if I started to listen to it in a different way, which the self-care was allowing me to do, that it would be able to guide me and it would be able to help me. And ultimately that voice led me to leaving the six figure paycheck, leaving the big law firm and starting my own law practice, which I never thought I was gonna do. That was never my intention when I went to law school. In fact, I think I went to law school so that I would never have to be in business for myself. I saw both my parents being in business for themselves and they didn't make it look very good. But I did. When my, when my second child was born, I did not go back after my maternity leave, and I started my own law practice in my local community. And that voice continued to guide me, sometimes continuing through negativity. It took me a long time, actually, to root out that negative, craptastic mindset. But also, starting to, I started to gain the tools to be able to hear myself in a way that would allow me to reinvent myself several times, uh, which I can share with you. Actually, before before we go there, can I uh, interject something here on sure, the, that relates to what you're talking about? I actually, what happened to me is very similar to you, although it wasn't a near-death experience. I've had a couple of different experiences in my life where I kept hearing 
the voices clearly. One of them was when I finally slowed down enough to go to a meditation retreat and really start listening to myself. I got the great one of the greatest discoveries of my life on how to have the schedule I'd always wanted whispered in my ear in the meditation. It's like that inner voice of, you know, all you have to do is make today what you want tomorrow to be. And then like more recently, traveling uh, at the airport, you know, um, my flight I was at Dallas Fort Worth Airport, and I'm, I thought I was about to miss my flight because my inbound was late. So I'm running through the airport, out of breath, about to hyperventilate, and then I hear this voice says, "Denise, slow down and walk. There's no need to run. Your flight's been delayed." I'm like, "No, it's not. The American Airlines app shows me it's on time. I got to hustle." So I start running again. It's like, "Denise, there is no need to run. Your flight has been delayed." And so I'm like, you know what? This, this, I, I'm, you know, there must be something that my higher self knows that I don't know. So I'm just going to trust it. So sure enough, I just walked, I get to the gate and it still says on time, but the people are just now getting off the plane and had just arrived. And I'm like, wow. So what I seek to relate back to what you were talking about, it's only after I started becoming better at the self-care part and really allowing myself to be calm and relaxed that I started hearing that voice. Is that, is that kind of like the big takeaway for you? Because I want to make sure that the power of that takeaway is really clear for our listeners. Yeah, I think it, it started off that way where when when I started giving myself what I needed, which in the beginning, I didn't even know what that was. I needed somebody else to guide me to that. You know, I needed I needed the reflection, the external reflection of somebody else who had gone before me to show me what I needed. Once I started saying yes to what I needed, that voice then started to get louder and louder in a positive way, helping me to see more and more what I not only needed, but what I really wanted. And I started to be able to make conscious choices towards what I wanted instead of really just letting life happen to me. And this is what I, by the way, consider to be you know, waking, waking up or awakening. I spent a lot of time wondering, what is this thing that everybody's talking about, you know, awakening or, or enlightenment? And I've realized over the years that really what it is, is being able to learn to listen to ourselves, being able to know what this being, what this body, what this, this soul actually really needs, and also being able to trust what I want. Because I didn't grow up with a uh, foundation of really being able to trust myself. And I think that this is the case for a lot of people. I think it's changing now, you know, as, as, we, are as we are parenting and as we are becoming parents and, you know, evolving the parenting that we received. But I think for a lot of us, our parents did not have their own foundation of self-trust necessarily. And if they didn't, then they oftentimes did not pass on to us a foundation of self-trust. And so when we start to learn how to trust ourselves, first starting with what do we actually need, then being able to move into what we want, we start to see that we can actually trust life itself. And that's what I hear you saying is, is that you know, this voice was guiding you to trust life, that life had your back. You didn't need to run. You could actually slow down. Life had your back. Even though you weren't necessarily seeing the external signs of that, some part of you knew that that was true. And I do think that that's ultimately what we move into. And that's certainly what I've moved into in my life where today 
I am able to trust that life has my back. Life has my back. And I did not grow up with that belief. I spent most of my life pushing and proving because I didn't really know that life had my back. But since I have been able to cultivate that knowing, I'm able to relax. I'm able to be a leader in my life and in my companies. And I'm able to create so much more in the world that is in alignment with what I truly want. Well, how do you handle it then? This is what I know a lot of people are thinking like, oh, that sounds great, Allie, but how do I handle that when shit's falling apart? You know, when everything's just going haywire and how do you, how do you stay in that calm? I have my own method, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah. So that's happened for me a lot throughout my life. I've run into a lot of roadblocks. I've had a lot of things fall apart. Um, in fact, at, at one point after building $2 million businesses, I even ended up walking away from all of it and filing bankruptcy uh, and needing to rebuild from that. And so I've certainly been there. And what you'll notice that I said just now, if, if you were listening really closely, I said, I've had a lot of things like that happen for me. And I think for me, that's the key. It is that I have come to recognize over the years that truly everything is happening for me. There is nothing that is happening to me. And when I could start to make that shift and start to see that if my life is falling apart, if things are just going haywire and going completely wrong, if I can start to ask the question, what life are you wanting to show me? What do I need to see that I am not seeing? And in fact, I have a prayer, a mantra that's really served me deeply in this during those times, and it is show me the way. Show me the way, show me the way. It, the sooner I can get to that, and it, it's really like a surrender of, okay, my mind, which is really powerful, does not have all the answers. I've come to see that the mind is a phenomenal tool in service to the heart, in service to the soul. But when I am trying to lead with my mind and make all of my decisions from my mind, I oftentimes got myself into these situations where all of a sudden nothing is working and everything is falling apart. And what that would require and you know, what I ultimately would end up coming to, and now I'm able to come to it much more quickly without everything having to fall apart, but what I would be able to come to in those moments is this place of surrender. Show me the way, show me the way, show me the way. And every single time that I did that, I was given or I received or I was able to see something that I hadn't been seeing before. And it opened up a whole new possibility and a whole new perspective for me that I wouldn't have been able to receive if I would have stayed in the place of why is life happening to me? Because when we're in that question of why is life happening to me, it's a victim perspective that blocks out the possibilities. It blocks out what, what it is that we really do need to see about what we need to change. And ultimately, each time, and this is, I think, really the key to the reinvention that we're talking about here today, each time that that happened, I was able to shift from that, why is life happening to me in this way, to what here is happening for me, show me the way. I was able to then see the changes that I needed to make 
in my life to come from an entirely more empowered perspective. Ultimately now, healing that craptastic mindset that I had that was keeping me stuck. And it's funny, I mean, in some ways it was like keeping me stuck at a really comfortable place, save for the bankruptcy, which was not comfortable at all. But really quickly after the bankruptcy, I was able to get right back to where I had been before, which is my set point was consistently about a million and a half of revenue. I got really good at bringing in a million and a half of revenue and, you know, keeping, let's call it, you know, 250000 a year. That was my set point. But once I was able to break through that, I was able, and today, my company, I think this, this year, uh, we're going to do just over three and a half million of revenue. I'm able to hold a team of more than 25 people. We're serving over 200 lawyers in our membership program and about 25 new lawyers are entering our training every month. And I'm seeing that there's a much bigger vision here that I actually can create. I've been really afraid, honestly, of the size of my vision. And and it's really only right now, today, that I am able to actually hold the bigness of my vision and communicate it to all of the people that need to hear it in a way that they can get on board with me and support me and create it with me, as opposed to this like constant feeling of I have to do it all myself. Uh, I'm never going to be able to do this and kind of siloing the vision as a result instead today now realizing that I can have the life and business that I want. What it takes for me to have that is to have the clarity of knowing what that is, being willing to communicate that to myself, being willing to fully own it, and then being able to communicate it to others so that I can then execute on the strategy of bringing that vision forward in a way where my mind can be a tool to support me to do that instead of keeping me trapped in this place of fear and constantly needing to repeat those same patterns of life falling apart so that I can learn the lesson and then have the breakthrough. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a long process when we're doing it that way. And sometimes we need to, and I certainly needed to, but I think that there is a faster path uh, for, for people when we can see that getting clear on what we really want and then seeing where life has our back and service to creating that does start with that, that self-care, that giving, giving ourselves what we actually really need in order to support ourselves, first and foremost. Thank you. And what I was hearing you say there is that the, the part that you were able to get past that previous set point, which a lot of us have experienced that, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, that set point where it's like, man, I just always seem to be at that you know, set point. But for you, it sounds like when you finally started looking at everything is happening for me and not to me, and then asking okay, you know, my higher self or, you know, life, whatever, you know, you want to call it, what are you wanting to show me? And then you started getting the answer quicker so that you could move on and see more clearly what the next step was. So would you say, was that the key pivot you had made that you think 
contributed the most to you being able to break through your previous set points? Yeah, it, it, it was this constantly bringing it back inside to ask, yes, life, what, what is it, what is it that you want to show me here? And then having the willingness to, to see it and, and make change and make change. I'm not getting stuck in, you know, uh, any, any ideas that, that I had the answers or that like that I, that I had to, that I had to stay. uh, Well, let me, let me, let me put it in, in these terms. I, I had a lot of personality level <laughs> um, ways of being that felt really deeply ingrained and that if I had been unwilling to, to change those things, maybe because I was afraid of what people would think of me or if I you know, just got too stuck in a, in a place of comfort and so was unwilling to make change. I think a lot of us, by the way, Denise, are unwilling to make change. There's a lot of things that we do uh, on the surface level that keep us locked into old patterns and old ways of being. And I, I would say that one of the things that I'm most proud of for myself is that I have really broken through the things that I think keep most of us stuck. And a huge piece of that for me was being willing to see where sometimes I was unwilling to make change because I was afraid of what other people would think. That was such a big piece for me. I was so afraid of, oh, well, how will it look? How will it look if I make this change? How will it look if I acknowledge, you know, with vulnerability that I made mistakes? that I didn't always know what I was doing. Um, Will people trust me? Will I be able to help people in the way that I want? And what what I've come to realize is that the sooner I can acknowledge my own limitations and my own shortcomings in a healthy way, in a healthy way where I'm not trying to hide them because I'm ashamed of them, but instead bring them out in a way where I could teach from them, uh, the faster I was able to make the internal changes that ultimately led to different external results. Yeah. And what you just said there is, you know, really important because it ties in really nicely to where I'd like to go next. And, you know, I told you that, you know, with the vacation effect, one of my three companies, I work with um, helping entrepreneurs, busy entrepreneurs learn how to have both freedom and business growth without having to pick one or the other. Like I always had thought until I figured out that it doesn't have to be that way. So when you're talking about recognizing and acknowledging your shortcomings in a healthy way, I'd love for you to touch on more how that relates to busy entrepreneurs and what you've learned in your own mistakes and then also in working with so many other companies and people over the years and the mistakes that they've made that you've helped them overcome. Like I know you've got your, your lift program, the legal insurance finance and tax, and that you have helped people become their own best. You and your team help people become their own best financial advisor. But what would you say to busy entrepreneurs that are the top, maybe two or three things that you would recommend that you've just seen over and over in your own life and in helping your clients that would be a hack for them that could help save them a lot of the things you had to go through and that your clients had to go through? Yeah. 
So I would say that there's really two, two main things. The first is that if you're already an entrepreneur, uh, one of the things that was very surprising to me is that I found a lot of the places that I needed to shift by being willing to look at something that you might be surprised um, is, is a place to look. And that was, was in my legal insurance, financial, and tax foundations. And I, you know, say that it might be a funny place to look because I think that oftentimes, at least for me, we think about legal insurance, financial, and tax, and I'll just refer to that as lift going forward to shorten it. Um, so we often think of these lift type things as things that are on the, you know, oh, you know, I, like things we need to do, but we don't really want to do. Like, I don't really want to spend a lot of time getting legal agreements in place. I don't really want to spend a lot of time thinking about how to incorporate my business or businesses. I don't want to really spend a lot of time thinking about my intellectual property. Those are things that like, are, I don't know, the way that I used to think about it is, and it's funny because I'm a lawyer that I thought about it this way, but I used to think about them as like, oh, boring, dry, I'm an entrepreneur, I need to focus on sales and marketing. That's where my attention and energy has to be. I don't want to, you know, bother with insurance and I'm only going to do business with people that I really trust and I'm not going to need legal agreements and, you know, financial systems are things I don't really understand. So I'll just make more money. And that way of thinking, that way of thinking ultimately resulted for me in over a million dollars worth of mistakes. And these mistakes kept happening to me over and over again. Things were happening and I'm, I'm, I'm putting this to me in quotes because that is the way that I thought about it back then. Why do these things keep happening to me? getting sued by an employee or a former uh, partner, you know, that I did not have an agreement with leaving and basically replicating everything that we had created together without me. A uh, $100,000 unexpected, unplanned for, unprepared for tax bill that I had to take out a loan to pay. Um, you know, all the things that ultimately led me into that bankruptcy. This was back in 2012. Why are all these things happening to me? And ultimately, what I came to see is that they were happening for me to show me that actually focusing on the lift parts of my business, the legal insurance, financial, and tax parts of my business, would bring me the fastest growth with the most stable foundation possible. And it wasn't until I was willing to start to look at, again, all those things that were happening to me and recognize that they were happening for me and actually start talking about it with people. Because I was ashamed that these things were happening to me. I was ashamed that I didn't know about the, you know, the legal insurance, financial and tax things that I needed in my business, even though there was really no way that I should have known. Yes, I was a lawyer, but they as you know, Denise, they don't teach us these things in law school, no. you know, they teach us about like big corporations and kind of esoteric principles, but they don't actually teach us, you know, the foundational things that every business, small business, micro business, or even medium sized business needs to have in place in order to support the growth of the business owner. And it wasn't until I started talking about it, I was in a mastermind 
And I started sharing about some of the mistakes that I had made and that I had made a million dollars worth of mistakes and how embarrassed I was about that. And they, the, the women that were in this mastermind with me reflected back to me. They said, Alexis, this is what you need to be teaching on. I said, no way. I don't want to teach on this. And they said, yes, this is why you've made all these mistakes. Life has given you this because you need to teach on this. And by the way, even though all of us are making millions of dollars, none of us have our legal insurance, financial and tax systems buttoned up. Oh, and by the way, the acronym is LIFT because it will support people to lift their businesses to the next level. And this was all a big wake up for me, a big awakening for me to realize, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to talk publicly about my mistakes. And I'm going to need to be teaching about the legal insurance, financial and tax systems, even though I at that time still did not have it all together. And over the past 10 years, though, what's happened is that as I've gotten my own legal insurance, financial and tax systems more and more solidified. And I've been willing to look more and more about what does that actually mean and what does it take and, and to create these systems for myself and in my businesses. What's, what's happened is an internal self-confidence, an internal confidence that has allowed me to break through those prior limitations. The fact of the matter is, is that when I was stuck at that one and a half million of revenue, I was stuck there because my systems, my legal insurance, financial and tax systems would not actually support me to go bigger. Life, remember life has my back. Life knew that it could not give me more. I was not showing life that I could handle more. I could barely handle what I had created. So it was not until I got those legal insurance, financial, and tax systems in place that I was able to finally break through to that next level. And I can see that there's even a next level beyond where I am now. So we're at three and a half now. Probably our next level is 10 million. But there's a whole nother level that I'm just learning into. And, you know, what does it mean now to have the legal insurance, financial and tax foundations at that next level? But it was really amazing. You know, yesterday I was on my monthly financial call with my team, which years ago, 10 years ago, I knew I was supposed to be having a monthly financial call, but I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing on that financial call. And so invariably every month when that financial call would come around, I would cancel it oh, I'd have an appointment or something would come up or an emergency or this reason or that reason, I would cancel it. The reason I was canceling it is not because of any of those external circumstances. It was because I didn't actually know what to do on the call and I felt so stupid about that that I just canceled the call. Today, though, you know, as I'm on my financial call yesterday uh, with my you know, financial accounting team and my uh, CFO and my COO, I was just marveling at how good it felt, how good it felt to be looking at our monthly numbers in a way where I knew what to be looking at. I knew what questions to be asking. I knew how to use those numbers as a crystal ball to be looking back one to three months to predict the future. And how grateful I am today to have the systems set up so I'm not sitting in yoga, which is, you know, 15 years ago, what I was doing is I would literally sit in my yoga class for 60 to 90 minutes and be running numbers in my head. 
here's what my expenses are. Am I going to be able to make payroll? How many clients do I need to engage? It was just like this constant commentary around money because I didn't have the systems to be able to look at my money in a way that allowed my system to relax where I could strategically just set the goals and then once a week look at the right numbers to know whether we're on track and shift if not uh, and then once a month be able to look at, okay, how did it go? Make decisions for the future. And then once a quarter, be engaging in more strategic planning. I, every quarter we have a call with um, another advisor where we're looking three 12 months back and three 12 months forward. I call it my oh shit call, actually. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> because every time we have it, I'm like, oh shit, you know, uh, it scares me, but in a good way. In a good way, not not in a bad way. In a good way, it, it like refocuses my attention for the next three months and and helps me to see where there's any holes. So the 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 lift systems that I've been able to create in my business and letting life show me, or more intentionally uh, letting myself know what I didn't know and 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 what I need to create to get to my next level has been absolutely key. And it is, I think, the thing that has allowed me to go from, you know, $2 million businesses that really weren't working for my life that had me totally stressed out, even though I love the businesses and I love the work I was doing. I was constantly, I couldn't handle it to filing bankruptcy and then rebuilding. And then now today having, you know, a business that's doing three and a half million a year and I'm, you know, seeing our trajectory to 10 million really clearly and I have the capacity to hold that has been those lift systems that have supported me to do that. So that's one piece. That's, that's one piece for those who already have a business that, you know, they're wondering, where's my breakthrough point? Why am I continuously stuck at the same place no matter how I change my sales and marketing and who I hire and, you know, what I do? Look at your lift systems. Look at whether your lift systems, your legal insurance, financial and tax systems actually are supporting you to get to that next level. They probably are not. Right. Yeah, that's a huge one with with my clients. It's like, you know, they're doing really well at the level they're at and maintaining it. It's like, why do I feel like I keep just hitting this, this ceiling? I just can't seem to break through it. But I, you just gave the best explanation I've ever heard, Allie on making lift uh, sexy, like literally it made sense. It's like, but I'm like, it's like, duh, why, why don't we see it that way? You know, it literally what you're saying is that if you don't have your shit together with legal insurance, finance and tax, how could you expect to grow? Because you haven't given the company the capacity to handle that larger version of itself. It's like trying to shove your, a size 12 body into a size two pair of jeans. You think capacity just isn't there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the, and the, all, the, the truth is, is that I think part of the reason that a lot of times business owners don't know this, and I certainly didn't know it, is because um, there is nobody out there talking about it in this holistic way where it is the legal insurance, financial, and tax. And that's also part of the reason that I'm training lawyers to be these strategic business counselors to help a business owner to look at the entire big picture of the business, not just the legal part, 
which we would think of, you know, with lawyers, but the whole big picture of the legal insurance, financial and tax, all four of those pillars to really help the business owner to identify, okay, which piece needs to be shored up to be able to take me to my next level. And I spent a lot of years wondering, why am I training lawyers? Why is that my work in the world? And I'm seeing now that it's because really lawyers are best situated in my book to help their business owner clients to be able to see what they can't see. Lawyers, because they're in a fiduciary relationship with the client, because they're in a confidential relationship with the client, because if the lawyer is doing it right, is getting to see behind the scenes in somebody's business in a way that nobody else does, lawyers are in a unique position to truly be able to help their business owners to see what they cannot see. And it is oftentimes through the lens of the legal insurance, financial, and tax systems, which is, to me, really cutting edge. Nobody else, you're right, is talking about this. And so uh, I'm happy to be, you know, to have had the experiences that I had that were really painful at the time that I had them so that I would be able to see it, so that I would be able to, you know, help others to see it. And and those legal insurance, financial, and tax systems, that's for the ongoing business owner. But I, I want to I talk about it as well for the person who is just really starting out in business. Because the person who's just starting out in business, focusing on those legal insurance, financial, and tax foundations may not be the place to look. And I did a what I call a lift business breakthrough session with a potential client the other day. And... She was coming to me because she wanted to know what are the legal insurance, financial, and tax foundations that I need to have to support my new business. And what we saw through, the, through that process as, as I was with her in the Lyft business breakthrough session is that she actually wasn't ready to get her legal insurance, financial, and tax foundations in place. That what she actually needed to start with was clarity around her business model. That she did not have the clarity around her business model to know that she had a business model in place that would allow her to have the life and business that she wanted. So yeah, we could put it, we could incorporate her business. We could, you know, get her some agreements in place. But was that business going to actually be able to be successful? No because she didn't have some pieces that were even more fundamental. And to me, the pieces that are more fundamental is knowing that you've got a revenue model that is going to support the life that you want to have. And that that revenue model is not based on you seeing, you know, somebody speaking on stage or on a webinar about, you know, that you should have group programs and so you get all excited about group programs and now you start to go out and create programs when you haven't even yet mastered the one-on-one, -on -one, for example. But instead, the revenue model is based on you know, uh, the clarity of knowing where you are now, seeing where you want to go three years from now, and then being able to put in place a strategic plan to get you from where you are now to where you want to go in three years and seeing each of the steps along the way so that you're not constantly trying to go too far too fast, beating yourself up for not 
getting there and then sometimes giving up. Like for example, this woman had had a business in the past and it had failed. And so then now she's working for other people, but she wants to go into business again. So what did she not have before that she needed now? She needed that, what I call a money map, a clear plan. And, it, and as we were going through it, she said, oh, it sounds like a business plan. And it, it does sound like a business plan, but my problem with business plans in the past and why I've never been able to create a traditional business plan is because a traditional business plan assumed that I already knew how much I needed to make, what the revenue model was that was going to allow me to make that. But I didn't know that. I didn't actually know. So, you know, in my mind, like for example, when I first started my law practice, my vision of success was a million dollar a year law practice because that's what people said was success. But that didn't actually line up with the life I wanted. So I did build that million dollar business. I did it. I succeeded based on other people's ideas of success. But ultimately, I couldn't sustain it because it didn't line up with the life that I wanted for my life. And so ultimately, I had to sabotage it when instead, if I would have had the money map process at my foundation, which I didn't because I had to do what I did in order to learn the money map process in order to create it because I needed it. Right. Um, but if I would have had that, then I could have come into my law practice with the clarity of knowing first and foremost, what is the life that I want? How much money do I need to take out of my law practice in order to support that life? Then how do I need to structure my packages for my service delivery in a way that is going to match up with the time that I have? and how much money I need to take out, plus pay the business expenses that are going to support me to deliver on those packages. So that I could have very strategically built my law practice to meet the needs of my life and of my clients. And had I, had I done that, I don't know if I ever would have built that million dollar law practice. Probably what I would have built is a model that we now call the part-time law baller model. In fact, I think you know this, this model, model pretty, pretty well because I think it's the model that you ultimately ended up coming upon for yourself in the business world. But in our new law business model, model, it's our second model, and it's where a lawyer, if they're doing estate planning, is serving 12 to 15 new clients a month at an average fee of uh, $3,500 to $4,500. And they're bringing in about $700,000 a year. They've got three team members that they're supporting with that. They're keeping $250,000 a year pre-tax, and they're only working three and a half days a week. That is a phenomenal model for a lawyer. That's a phenomenal model for a lawyer. Now, interestingly enough, Denise, because this is the vacation effect, one of the limitations of that model is that that lawyer can't take two to four weeks off out of the office. That lawyer is the only lawyer in the office and so finds themselves eventually realizing, this is really great. I'm only going into my office three and a half days a week and I really like this, but I want to take a month off. How do I take a month off? And that is what then becomes the impetus 
for the pull towards the next model, which is the seven-figure empire builder, where the lawyer realizes, okay, if I want to take a month off, I've got to have other lawyers in my office. And if I'm going to have other lawyers in my office, I need to be making more money because I've got to pay those other lawyers. And that then pulls them to the seven-figure practice where they're not even really seeing the clients anymore. They have other lawyers in their office seeing the clients and they've got that built out. Now they're taking home three to $400,000. And Allie, can I, can I interject here? Cause we're almost yes. out of time. Sure. But, um, th- I think what you're saying here too, is really important to say that that model or the idea the principles you're talking about, you know, cause most of the uh, clients that are lo- the listeners of this podcast are not lawyers. So that the model you're talking about can also apply in other industries. You're just using law as an example for what you're yes. doing there. Yeah, I'm just using yeah. law as an example because I, you know, my my whole I have a whole business that trains lawyers, and so I've really well developed out these models. But what I did before that, and what I did for professionals who are not lawyers, you know, who are all professionals, is I created this money map, and the money map is the process for getting clear on what is the life that you actually want. Starting with, by the way, what do you need? You've got to start with what do you need before you can get to what you want. And then what is it going to cost me to have that? And then what is the real time I have to create that? And then how can I craft my income model, my revenue model, to align with the life that I want, the time that I have, and the income that I need? And then From knowing that, knowing where you are now and where you want to go, both big picture three years out and bringing it back to the just, you know, the next six months, set the clear goals so that I can now get there strategically instead of just trying to do it helter skelter, not having any clear vision, but, you know, just getting caught by that next shiny object, that next shiny object and taking a lot longer to get from where you are now to where you want to go next. And so Allie, thank you for all the great stuff that you've been sharing here. I'm wondering, do you have, um, of course, I'm sure you have resources that you can point people to if they want to learn more about you and the things you've been talking about on the money map and Lyft and, you know, what, what is the best resource you could point uh, the entrepreneurial listeners to on those topics? Right now, the best resource that I have is that money map that I've, that I've been speaking of. And I want everybody to start that for free. And so that can happen at eyeswideopenlife.com. And when you put in your name and your email address there at eyeswideopenlife.com, you will be able to start your own money map life and income planning process. And start to get that clarity that you need about the life that you want, what it's going to cost you to have it, the real time you have to create it, and then the income model that's going to support you most fully to step into that. That's awesome. Thank you for offering that up to everyone. Well, you've shared so many great nuggets today on this whole mindset of everything is happening for me and not to me, and then leaning into what are you wanting to show me, you know, life or higher self and then using that to get clear on what you really want and where you want to go. And then, you know, understanding that you've got to look at the lift parts of your business if you want to, you know, make room for where you want to grow into. So pretty much like if I had to pick three sentences to summarize everything you said, I think that's a great three-step roadmap for everyone to get past their prior set points and reinvent themselves anytime they need to and go to the levels that they've never dreamed possible. 
Would you agree with that summary? Absolutely. I loved your summary. I thought that was probably one of the best summaries I've heard of everything that I said. So thanks for summarizing it so clearly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Allie. I have so enjoyed having you. And remember, everybody, freedom is a mindset, not a destination. Thanks so much for listening. For more information about The Vacation Effect, Or for details on today's show, head over to our website at vacationeffect.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.